Being a caregiver, it's DNA, it's in your blood. It's something that comes natural for us as nurses. Just have to realize and figure out which balls are plastic and which are glass. As a caregiver, don't be afraid. If people offer to help you, accept the help. And if you are listening to this podcast, and if you know a caregiver, just step up and help out. This is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses, a podcast about clinicians committed to improving lives. Join me, other nurses from Humana, and special guests as we discuss topics nurses care about. Hi, this is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana, and welcome to another episode of The Voice of Humana Nurses. You know, at some point in life, we all might find ourselves in the position of managing the care of loved ones, or at least know someone who's taken on this role. And being a caregiver is such an incredibly important and personally rewarding experience that it can also be very taxing on the caregiver, both physically and emotionally, and especially if they're not equipped with the knowledge and resources to support them as caregivers. So in recognition of November as National Family Caregivers Month, I'm joined by two guests who are two Humana nurses who also have experience caring for loved ones. And we're going to explore the topic of caregiving, share some experiences, discuss the implications of caregiving on well-being, and talk about some tips for building caregiver resilience. So with me today are Sue Wilk, a quality improvement nurse at Humana, and Julie Grunwald, a telephonic care manager at Humana. Welcome to the Voice of Humana Nurses, Sue and Julie, and thanks so much for being my guest. So let's get started with some introductions before we go deeper into the conversation today. Julie, how about we start with you? Can you share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Maybe a little bit about a new hobby or something unique you've been focusing on during these days of COVID-19? Um, thank you, and thanks for having me today. I'm glad to be here. I have been married for 24 years. I have four sons, a four-year-old grandson, and finally, a two-year-old granddaughter, um, which is exciting, although she's more of a tomboy already. Um, I have been a registered nurse for 25 years. The last three and a half have been here with Humana as a telephonic case manager for the North Central Region. Like so many others, the start of the pandemic, I felt utterly helpless, um, especially work at home, not on the front lines, so to speak, physically. So I decided to buy a sewing machine and attempted to make face masks for people in our community. Shortly thereafter, I joined a county-based mask task force and have been proud to have been a part of making some of the over 4,000 masks that we have donated to the community, including the schools and hospitals. Um, mine aren't pretty, but they are functional. That's awesome, and I love that expression, the mask task force. Really great. Um, and uh, as our listeners know, I, I share your joy in grandchildren. Nothing like it. Sue, how about you? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what's been keeping you uh, focused outside of work and caregiving? Sure. I am actually a registered nurse. been a nurse here 21 years. I live in central Pennsylvania. That's near State College, Pennsylvania, up near Penn State University. I do not have grandchildren, but I 
can spoil my three nephews and one niece. I'm busy helping them out and helping out in my community. I volunteer a lot in my community along with um, working on several different board of directors. In my free time, non-COVID related, I actually um, do a lot of camping, gardening, and traveling. Um, right now, actually for Humana, I was actually part of one of the work groups that kicked off the COVID-19 support group that we'll be talking about here. That's awesome. You're a busy lady, Sue, um, and we appreciate all you do as well. So caregiving can be a very personal relationship, and there's so many facets of caregiving. Maybe we can kick it off um, with Julie. Can you speak a little bit about uh, your experiences as a caregiver? you know, what the role was like, when did you step into it, and, you know, just kind of give us a little flavor around your personal experiences. Um, absolutely. You know, as, as a nurse, most of us, uh, caregiving is definitely in our DNA, and, you know, that was no different than when it came time to step into role uh, of being a caregiver for my mother. I definitely wanted to make sure that I was there for her. Um, she's in my opinion, the best mom ever, ever in the history of the world. Uh, so it was definitely my honor to be able to take care of her. Um, I have taken care of her off and on for about five years. She's been diagnosed with cancer three times in her lifetime, um, breast cancer in 1996, and then oral cancer both in 2015 and again in 2018. La two Novembers ago, she underwent the second surgery for her oral cancer, and it was about 11 and a half hours. She had that done at the University of Iowa, and they removed part of her jaw, um, more of her tongue, and then she also had to have a flap created from the muscle and vasculature of her thigh. She came home with a feeding tube. Um, her mouth was wired shut for a couple of months. She also, unfortunately, ended up with this uh, fistula had, that had tunneled from her tongue down under to like the sub-Q tissue under her chin. And so we had to pack that for, it seemed like forever, and uh, so it could heal from the inside out. So I was incredibly thankful, um, you know, being able to, I live about 45 minutes away from them. So I was able to pack up my Humana gear and work from their home for about six weeks and was able to provide nursing care for her then. Thanks for sharing that, and I'm sure she was so grateful to have you there as well. You know, um, I often think about being a health professional, um, in our case, being a nurse. You know, I think in a lot of ways it helps us to prepare for the role of caregiver, but, you know, is there a double-edged sword, too? Are you always expected to be the caregiver? Um, are you expected to always have all the answers type of things? How, you know, can you talk a little bit, Julie, about your view about that? How did, how did being a nurse help to prepare you, and, and how did that maybe change your experience from someone who, who wasn't a nurse and is a caregiver? That is a great question, and I couldn't agree more for that double-edged sword. Uh, my my dad has this uncanny way of telling everybody that I'm a nurse where I'm usually shushing him um, because I, I know for myself, a lot of times people will say, oh, you're a nurse, you know about this. Well, I... I don't. <laughs> I'm not the nurse of the world. However, on the other side, you know, it really did help, um, you know, to be able to communicate with the providers and get, you know, as nurses, we know that doctors and healthcare professionals speak their own language. And so it did help to be able to process that information. Um, even if I had to look it up, I could at least, you know, be able to regurgitate that back to people who were wanting to know what was going on. So that was really, you know, it was helpful being a nurse that way for certain. 
Um, the other thing that really came into play, you know, for myself is that had I not been a nurse and not been able to be at their home um, and provide that 24-hour care, she would have had to have gone to a skilled facility or nursing home even. Uh, she had a tracheostomy, so that site was still healing, so we had to be very cautious of that and all these wounds and these drains. And, you know, had it not been for my, you know, my nursing experience, she would have not been able to come home and, and recuperate in her own house. Mm, that's a great point. And, you know, again, I'm sure she was so grateful um, to be able to go home and, and to be surrounded by things that were familiar and, and her family there. Sue, you're also very passionate about caregiving as well as advocating and support for our caregivers. So um, maybe first we can start talking about your role as a caregiver in your family. Sure. Like Julie shared earlier, being a caregiver, it's DNA, it's in your blood. It's something that comes natural for us as nurses. Um, I was a caregiver for both of my parents, for my mother and my father. My mother's journey, I was not the sole caregiver. I had my oldest sister, who was a registered nurse, and her husband, who also was a who is a registered nurse, assisting my father and my middle sister and I in caregiving. What I was able to do for my mom, though, was something out of the ordinary, was providing home IV chemotherapy for her kidney cancer. Um, we actually did wound care for her. The one medication that she was on caused her skin to literally peel off of her hands and her feet and was very debilitating for her. Unfortunately, her journey ended and then my caregiving journey began for my father. Unfortunately, in the middle of my caregiving journey for my father, my oldest sister, who was a registered nurse, passed away unexpectedly, which left myself as the sole caregiver along with my middle sister, who was not a skilled professional in caregiving for my father. His health rapidly declined after the death of my sister, and I was forced to face a full-time job along with doing home IV. His health was different than my mother's health. I was faced to do, along with working a full-time job that was 10 to 15 hours a day, it was quite demanding. It was important for me to pay and be the caregiver for my parents, because for what they did for me whenever I was growing up and being there for myself. Taking care of them in their final moments of their life was something I really wanted to make sure that I did and to be there for them like they were for me, raising me the, as the daughter as I wanted to be. This role of a caregiver is, was extremely gratifying, but as someone who was working and caregiving at the same time, I was faced at the end with true exhaustion and truly was burnt out. Wow, um, thank you for sharing that, Sue. Um, and, and I'm sure that, you know, your parents really, it was more than paying them back. You really took on a whole lot there. So, so um, you know, you talk about caregiving while also balancing work, school, you know, other family demands. It really does leave very little time for taking care of the caregiver. So let's talk a little bit more about this. You talked a little bit about, you know, kind of just that exhaustion and, and feeling, you know, somewhat overwhelmed. Um, maybe talk a little bit more about that and, you know, how you managed all these responsibilities. Absolutely. I feel like it's like a rubber band. The tension holds us together until things start to fall apart. As soon as that tension leaves up and that caregiving act steps down, that's whenever that caregiver burnout happens to to come about. The mental and emotional exhaustion 
kind of leads us to that total burnout and the inability to keep on going. You have to have that ability to do the balance act of taking care of others while listening to your body as well and taking care of yourself. As a nurse, I stress to all of my patients and all of my members that you need to take care of yourself as that caregiver because if something happens to yourself, who's going to take care of your loved one? When I realized that I was burnt out, I needed a break. So I decided to leave my job so I could solely put my own health and well-being into focus. It was a tough decision, but like they say, whenever you ride an airplane, it's like putting your own oxygen mask on yourself. Right, right. And I'm sure it was really hard. And I think sometimes, you know, it's hard to even take the time to recognize um, that you're burnt out, that you need a break. So, you know, I'm so glad that, that you were able to um, recognize that and, and give yourself a little a little break because it's so important to listen to our bodies to really you know look deep inside our minds and realize that our own well-being is really such a necessary focus as well and as you say it's a it's a balancing act um, and it it's something that I think you know caregivers and nurses and we've talked about this many times. Um, on this podcast that we're not always so good at asking for help and putting our own needs first too. So, um, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit more about that, Julie. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about your experiences with managing the demands of caregiving and all the other things um, in, our, in, in your life. Absolutely. I think that, you know, trying to to do the juggling act, like Sue said, or the balancing act um, on that on that high, you know, that tightrope or that high wire, you know, you're in, I remember so vividly there was one night, um, you know, again, I had been staying there with my parents and I can remember, you know, that I had what I have, you know, again, those four sons and I had um, a basketball game to go to and then I had a concert to go to and, and they were all like hours away from where I was and so my sister had come up for a short time and stayed with my parents while I, I ran home to the basketball game and ran to another city for the concert and I think I was gone a whole total of maybe six seven hours you know round trip after everything and it was just it was just crazy trying to figure it all out how do I still meet the needs of my fam my my own family versus you know and and taking care of my parents and trying to be everything for everybody and still working and you know that like Sue said you just that tension just kind of holds you together and that rubber band starts to stretch um, you know I started thinking about uh, my niece and and I were talking about something recently, and she had read someplace that, um, and I believe ironically it was Nora Roberts, who's an author, had, that somebody had asked her, how are you keeping all these balls in the air? How are you juggling everything in your life? And what she said really struck a chord with me that I, I definitely want to share. Um, what it was was that she said, you know, you're juggling, and you just have to realize and figure out which balls are plastic and which are glass. And she gave a couple of examples and, you know, what it kind of boiled down to was that say that it's picture retake day at school and you forgot to put on nice clothes on your kid, you know, and that's a plastic ball. It's not great. And the ball might even roll underneath the couch for that matter, but the world will not end versus you have an important project due um, as a group project with your work. That's a glass ball. That's still a time constraint. You still have to be able to meet those demands. And so it's trying to figure out 
which are the plastic and which are the glass balls. And so that priority, um, realizing that, you know, for going back to my, my mother, okay, this was important. I had to have her insulin. I had to have those two feedings. Those were glass balls versus, you know, I don't have clean laundry. That's always going to be plastic <laughs> for most of us. So that was really important, um, you know, and asking for that help. I think as caregivers and nurses, that one-two combo punch that you're not, um, we're not wired to ask for help, and we think we can take it all on. But we do need to be able to ask for help. Let those people help you that say, how can I help you? Um, let them bring the food. Let them do those things. The other thing is it's, it's just really important when you are that caregiver, you might think you know best because, you're again, you're that nurse. You know, we've been trained to do that, to do those things. But... But having to stop back or needing to step back and listen to what the needs are, not the wants, but the needs, and meet the person you're caring for, meeting them where they are. Um, I think that's really an important thing to do as well. Some some really great advice, and um, I really have quite the visual now with the, the juggling balls. I, I like that analogy as well. Um, and, and, you know, you've both talked about recognizing um, that we all need support. We, you know, we need, whether it's someone cooking us a meal, emotional support, you know, gift of time, whatever. Um, we all need support. And, you know, one of the ways that you're both giving back to is by taking your nursing experience and your caregiving experiences and, and insight and really looking at how you can support and help other caregivers through your involvement with Humana's Caregivers Network Resource Group. So can you share a little bit with our listeners about this uh, Caregivers Network Resource Group and what it entails and what you focus on in the group? Sure. Kathy, as you shared, you know, sometimes we need to look for our different support system, and sometimes it's in our community, in our own backyard. Sometimes it's found at work. One nice thing is that Humana has the Caregiver Network Resource Group, and it's such a supportive community, a support system for people who are actually in similar roles and situations. And it's someone to talk to who's actually going through the same exact situation. And they help to deal with the challenges of being a caregiver, but also the demands of the work-life balance, along with the caregiving role that can provide the physical support, the emotional and mental well-being as well. And it really helps us get through it all. Humana has been wonderful in creating various different opportunities for all of our associates here, including all of the different network resource groups. We currently have nine different network resource groups here at Humana. And of course, you guessed which one lies closest to my heart, which is the Caregivers Network Resource Group. The reason why I joined the Caregivers Network Resource Group was to pay it forward to help those other caregivers who are in similar roles as how I was. I promised myself as a registered nurse after my parents passed away, I will try to help any caregiver any way possible to, that's faced with caregiver burnout or needs just someone to speak, to speak to. There was an associate on Buzz last year that reached out and private messaged me, and they actually were in Louisville. And I remember her saying that that's all she needed to was to speak to someone and it made her feel a lot more comfortable. And she actually offered me to join her for a cup of coffee the next time I was in Louisville last year. Unfortunately, I never had the opportunity to, to meet up with her, 
but that felt dear to my heart whenever she told me that. It made my purpose feel a lot more meaningful that I actually helped her who was going through that caregiver burnout and who needed someone to speak to and just to be there. And that's what Humana Caregivers Network Resource Group is all about. Even if we don't provide much support to you, we're there to listen to you. Currently, we have 2,900 associates as part of this network resource group. Within the CNRG, we actually have nine different support groups focused on different levels of caregiving, such as general caregiving support, special needs, cancer, mental health, and recently our newest, which is the COVID-19 support group. With COVID-19, we, we started the COVID-19 support group to focus that we've all are caregivers and we've all been affected with this pandemic this year. And we wanted to create a safe place for our associates to connect and support each other. Some associates have stepped up into caregiver roles, such as helping out their elderly parents, navigating virtual schools for their children. That's challenging enough. And then working from home, which is another challenging aspect. And we realize that having a support system to share and network with each other is very critical, especially during a pandemic. Our support groups are open to all of our associates, whether it directly impacts you by the cause or an ally, or just someone wanting to learn more about the subject, anyone is welcome. One thing that I like to stress too is just because you're no longer a physical caregiver, you can pay it forward and you can help other caregivers that's out there. I'm no longer an active caregiver, but I'm still considered a caregiver of paying it forward. And that's what we need to, is we need those to pay it forward and to help us. Sue, um, um, so such a, a kind and giving heart, and I, I'm sure that everybody that you support and, and you know, just help by listening or, or anything else you do for them truly appreciates it. Julie, um, can you talk a little bit about the role that you see affinity groups, like the caregivers, NRG, playing in how they support caregivers, whether, you know, as Sue said, you're an active caregiver, you were a caregiver, you know you're going to be a caregiver. Um, and what, what other supports have you found to be helpful in your caregiver role? You know, I think that, like Sue had said, you know, just it, the caregivers support group, the CNRG is, is just so incredibly supportive. And exactly like she said, you know, currently my role, I've, I've backed down a little bit because, um, you know, my mom is at a, at a plateau, if you will. I'm still here, but, you know, bringing that experience, uh, sometimes you'll hear somebody who might be at the beginning of that journey and your heart just breaks because you're like, oh gosh, I remember that feeling. I remember how that felt. And so being able to share that experience, that empathy, um, that is just so important and what our groups are there for, being able to support each other, regardless of where they're at in that journey, the beginning, the middle, the end, again, um, you know, a lot of times people are like, gosh, you know, we were, you know, if this had gotten better, now here we are. And it, perhaps there's a recurrence of cancer or, or whatever the case may be. And so the support groups are just amazing at being able to be that listening, sympathetic, empathetic ear for, um, you know, people who are needing that. And I just, I'm so grateful to be a part of something so wonderful. Yeah, it, it really is uh, truly wonderful. And, you know, even when we think that we can do it on our own, I think we all need to realize that we have to take a few moments and breathe and step back and, you know, think about 
even though there's a joy in being a caregiver and, and you both have spoken very eloquently about that, you know, it is physically and mentally exhausting as well. Um, so to realize the toll that, that the caregiving role can take on a person. Um, so, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit more about um, advice that you have for folks who are caregivers who have other people in their family or their circle of friends who are caregivers and maybe struggling with many of the issues that we've talked about today, what advice would you have for them? Like you said, it does. I think that it does It bring such a, a wealth or maybe a overwhelming sense of anxiety. You know, there's so much that's going on. And you know, my advice would be, you know, you might be thinking or wondering, am I doing everything I should? Am I doing everything I can? You know, you love this person so much and sometimes you get so close to something, you know, it makes sense now at the older I've gotten that you can't see the forest through the trees. My advice is give yourself some grace that caregivers need to give themselves a break. You know, you're doing the best that you can. And instead of saying, gosh, what else can I do or what should I have done? Take a step back and say, look what I have done, you know, because I, I think that it's very easy to see the things that, that you feel like you made a mistake, but you're doing something. And that's always going to be better than doing nothing. One of the simplest things sometimes can be the most difficult and breathe, just breathe. Take a deep breath. Give yourself a minute. Um, that's so incredibly important. And again, I think that Sue and I both are just, you know, make sure that you do ask for help and take that help. You know, uh, you know, how many times have I said myself on the other side of the coin, gosh, you see somebody going through something. I want to help. I, I, I need to help, but you don't know how. You know, just accept those offers that, you know, somebody will help you. They are, they're not just saying it. They really want to do something to help you. They just don't know how. Yeah, great, great advice. How about you, Sue? What, what would you offer as some advice for caregivers? I agree with Jolie, and I would just reiterate is to make sure that we ask for help. As a caregiver, don't be afraid. If people offer to help you, accept the help. It's easier said than done. I felt guilty accepting help, even if it meant for one free evening. I felt guilty by the time, and I didn't have a good time because I felt that guilty. If you accept the help, it makes it a lot more easier. And if you are listening to this podcast, and if you know a caregiver, just step up and help out. Send them a meal. Stop in for a visit. Help out that caregiver that you know or that loved one that, you're, that you know that they need assistance for. Sometimes a simple thing of mealing, doing a meal prep, dropping off a care package, sending a simple card, saying that we're thinking of you, continue the good work. That encouragement can go a very long way. Well, Sue, Julie, thank you both. Um, clearly, you're wonderful people um, with kind hearts, and you you were and are wonderful caregivers. And um, I'm sure that folks in the Caregivers NRG just really support, just really are appreciative of the support and the insight that you give. Um, you know, as we've said today, caregiving can be one of the most rewarding things. It's a 
you know, very personal, close relationship. Um, and as nurses, I think we, we do bring some, you know, unique skills and perspective to the table. But, you know, even though there's the great part of it, it is the double-edged sword. And, you know, we want to make sure that, um, that people take care of themselves and are able to take that time to really think about what they need as well. Um, so I really appreciate this conversation. It was so important. And thank you for all you both have done and are doing. Um, you are making a difference. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play by searching the words, The Voice of Humana Nurses. And we'd love to hear from you as well. So send us an email at chiefnursingofficer at humana.com and give us your comments and your suggestions about topics or people you want to hear about or hear from. So until next time, be well.